So Kaylee, if you could travel back in time, where would you go? What would you do? I think first we need to establish the law. So can I go back and change time and it impacts the rest of the timeline? Or can I go back and just observe and it affects nothing? Or No, no let's assume that you can go back in time, do or say anything. And it, when you go back to your original time, everything resets to like actual history, like what it is. Let's say you can't actually do any harm. Okay, okay. So there's a few things I'd like to do. Mm -hmm. I'd like to go see some dinosaurs because I think that'd be quite nice. But I can't, can, wait, can I die if I go back in time? I mean, if you, if you were to run up to a T-Rex and be like, eat me, then yeah, you probably would die. You might want to think about health and safety. Yeah, I, I take the dinosaurs back because I think that's a risk. I would like to go and observe who took the princes out of the tower. You would solve a great mystery there, yeah. I'd also like to go see who Jack the Ripper was. But I was saying about this um, to my boyfriend, Chris, and I was like, I want to go back and see Jack the Ripper. He's like, oh, but it won't be Queen Victoria. It will be someone you've never heard of before. And it won't be very exciting. It would just be some some <laughs> who hires prostitutes. But that's, I would go back. I'd follow each Jack the Ripper. I'd get the details and I'd come back and write a really good book. That's why maybe that's what it would be. I'd be some sort of like weird time traveling detective. Mm, so like Prince in the Tower, how the dinosaurs died out. Did Elvis actually die? how the pyramids were built, how Stonehenge was built. Yeah, I'd go back and it'd be really boring. I'd be like, well, they just dragged some rocks over and then they all lifted them up. But they, just, they just pulled the rocks. <laughs> <laughs> At least I would know. I think that would be quite fun. So that's what I would do. I'd solve mysteries. How about you? I'd go for, I'm very millennial. I'd go for experiences. So my first stop would be, I'd love to go see a Shakespeare play in oh, nice. Shakespeare times and see him actually performing it and see what it was actually like. And the thing that I'm most fascinated by with this is um, I think about like the personal hygiene that we have now. We have soap, we have immunizations, we have shower gel and shampoo and stuff like that. So I'm really interested to go back to London in like the late 1500s and just see and smell how rancid it must have been. It must have been absolutely horrendous. But of course, they wouldn't think it was horrendous because that was all they knew. But have you ever done, have you not done that? Um, the Imperial War Museum has like a trenches experience and it smells like the trenches. It's horrible. Yeah, yeah, that must, I mean, that must have reeked as well. Yeah, um, so yeah, I would have, I would do that. I would go see, see a play at the Globe. I'd want to go watch a battle. I'd want to go watch like the Battle of Hastings. Classic choice. Um, yeah, and I just, just to see what exactly happened in a battle, because um, sometimes you read about them and it says, this battle was fought over the course of three days. And I'm like, three days? What were they doing? That's the slowest battle ever. I thought they just charged at each other. Tea breaks, you got to tea breaks, you know. I think they were very, wasn't that the big thing of the English? They they had this like noble way of fighting. Like they'd, they'd always be like, we're going to finish at seven. We won't fight overnight. And... <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It's, I, I just, when they say it was three days, I imagine them like every, once an hour just throwing something from a catapult and then hiding <laughs> behind a bush and going, do you think they saw us? Do you think they saw us? <laughs> Yeah. You'd have to manage your health and safety in that instance because you've already said you could die. I'd sit at a distance, like on top of a really distant like hill or mountain and just kind of watch it from a distance, yeah. And the other thing I'd love to do, and this, this is me just wanting to screw up people's minds, is I'd love to go to Southampton in April 1912 and see the Titanic leave. But I'd love to dress up as some crazy old man 
and just be like, they're doomed, they're all doomed. And everyone will be like, who's this crazy old man? Lock him away or something. And then about four or five days later, they'll be like, oh, he was right. He spoke <laughs> prophecy. And I would just be a kind of prophet who's, you know, worship. Well, yeah, I was gonna say, you could go back in time and do that lots of times. I know, well, I could stay in 1912 you know, a couple of years later, do the same thing <laughs> to Just everyone. doing it. Just say, everyone's doomed. <laughs> All the young men are doomed. <laughs> why, why are you always doing an accent? I don't know why I'm doing a terrible Scottish accent. I just feel, I, I was channeling um, Private Fraser in Dad's Army, I guess. Nice, very nice. Yeah, I, I would also quite like to go back in time and tell people when they're being dicks. Mm. Like Henry VIII, I'd be like, stop sleeping with children. That's a health and safety risk, though, because he will literally chop your head off. Mm, yeah. But what if I just said it and, I went, and then disappeared immediately? He'd be like, who was that annoying blonde woman? <laughs> I'm going to change my ways. <laughs> I'd love to see um, Queen Elizabeth I, because she apparently was, like, um, just under five foot tall, had wooden mm. teeth, really bad skin because the, the makeup she used was so acidic, was yeah. bald and wore wigs, and apparently bathed, like, once every every month or something like that so i just imagine her looking completely different to her portraits oh yeah and all the men have to pretend she's the most attractive thing they've ever seen as well exactly we'd have some excellent adventures if we went back in time we would you'd be revered as a prophet and in the present i'd be revered as a genius who solved so many mysteries which is exactly what we are already exactly yeah we've done it if you had to go back in time or forward in time though and stay there Oh, I wouldn't go too far back in time. I'd go to like the 60s or 70s or something. Um, invest in like social media or something. Yeah, invest in Microsoft. Because the further you go back in time, the more likely you are to get like smallpox or plague. <laughs> Just get the Black Death. I'm thinking practically here. Yeah, I think I'd like to be one of those journalists who wears the hat and holds the pen up and goes, Kayleigh, for the telegram. Like, cool journalism. And they have like a little card in their hat. Is it? Is it their business card that they hand out? Why don't they just keep it in their pocket? I don't know. I don't, they always, in those old films, they always have a card in their hat. Interesting. Maybe it's their press card. It's like, it identifies them as press. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll just start wearing a hat. Hello, and welcome to The Marvel Virgin, a podcast all about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. My name is Paul, and I'm a Marvel Virgin. And my name is Kaylee, and I'm a Marvel whore. For each episode, Paul is watching a Marvel movie or TV series for the very first time. And with my help, we'll be delving into the good and not so good aspects of the MCU and navigating the secrets and intricacies of this big and complex universe. If you'd like to send in any questions, comments, factoids, or even if you'd like to correct anything we've said, after all, we're not perfect, then you can tweet us at the Marvel Virgin. We'd love to hear from you. Enjoy the show. This week, I watched Captain America the First Avenger for the very first time. Yay! And did you love it? No. <laughs> I, spoiler alert, I actually thought this was really shite. <laughs> really? You didn't think it had, like, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark vibes? No, it absolutely did not. Yes, it did. It even has melting Nazis. What do you want from them? Uh, mate, right. What I'm really looking for is maybe a sense of humour. Yeah, um, it is the least funny. I am really looking for a, a central character who uh, is interesting. I'm looking for a female character who is not res 
doesn't resort to just being at odds with another female character. Um, I'm looking for a villain who I genuinely dislike and find frightening. I'm looking for diversity in the actors. I'm looking for good messages about how the real power is within yourself, not being strong and hulky and, and all that stuff. I got none of that from this. Well, but you say that, but he did have the strength. Did you not see him throw himself for that little grenade when he was a skinny guy? Yes, but then he still has to become big and muscular and physically strong in order to be worth something. I know, I don't disagree with you. The Captain America first movie, not one of my favourites. Mm. But I feel like a lot of people do have a lot of love for the, the Cap later on. He is a very iconic figure, I guess. And I can see why, because of the sort of patriotism that he inspires. Because he yeah. is really Captain America. Origin story for him was never going to be good because it, obviously he has to somehow find his way back from then to now. You know, it's a harder, I guess it's a harder story to sell. I didn't really see his power as that unique to him. Like in, in, with Iron Man, Tony Stark's, he doesn't have a power, but he's a genius. So he comes up with like all these gadgets. Hulk has a sort of curse on him that he finds difficult to control. Thor is literally a god. Captain America is just really strong. And no, but he's also, he's also very nice. Yeah. But yeah. lots of people are nice. He's very nice though. He's like a valiant, noble guy. That's his thing. But so all the other ones. And he's a natural leader. Did you not see him bring his little team together, lead them? I just, oh, I just felt nothing for it. I, I actually just burst out laughing at some bits. It was so awful. Was it when Hugo Weaving goes, yes, when, when the villain gets revealed, I absolutely died. It's and so I, funny as well, because the next Captain America film is, is, is actually very not, it's very good. And I feel like this will do the same to you in that you'll be bamboozled. It was one of the, I saw this before some of the other earlier ones. Mm. And I was like, these are awful films and I don't like them. Oh, the Captain America films? Yeah. No, and then I saw the Captain America film first after oh. Iron Man. And then I saw the other two, but I was like, oh, yeah, this is terrible. I don't care for these Avengers if this is the first one. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. Mm. But not because of Chris Evans. Like, he's, he's, he's a good guy. He does. Yeah, I mean, he, he does his best with what he's given. <laughs> he's not given a lot. And... And I think Hayley Atwell and Natalie Dormer especially are wasted on yeah. what they're giving. Absolutely. But Hayley Atwell does get her own series later on. She does, which is good. And Natalie Dormer gets to go into Westeros and be in Game of Thrones. So she kind of won out as well, didn't she? Yeah, except, well, not for Marjorie. But for her, it was a win. <laughs> for her, yeah. For her career, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> so it kind of starts in the Antarctic in modern day. Yeah. And a bunch of men have found a thing and it's kind of like a spaceshipy kind of thing and they go inside the spaceship and they find another thing and you know that this thing is significant because they do they look at it and they go my god and that's <laughs> like the line for every action adventure film because then you're like oh, something has happened da, da, da. you're not really sure what has happened <laughs> like the magic stick they found in the last film do you find that a lot of the early marvel films and i guess it's not their fault because again it's origin stories but it will be them finding something AKA a hammer, stick, spaceship. Magic stick, spaceship. Magic, yeah, and it's always like, oh, revelation. Yeah, and it, because it starts off with that, you kind of, all you get is, oh, this is significant, but you don't get a, oh, they didn't show, you just stared at a thing off camera and went, my God. I always think they didn't need to do the present day finding the thing, because it kind of spoils the end. I know the end is spoiled anyway by just the fact of his existence, but <laughs> yeah. <you know. laughs> they could have tried harder. Yeah. Because then it immediately cuts to Norway in the 1940s. German-occupied Norway. 
Occupy German occupied Norway, yes. Um, so three guesses who the villains are here. It's the classic and best villains of all. <laughs> who doesn't have a Nazi? <laughs> I, I, we have to add German to our list of villain tropes. We've got wears a bad suit, has a cigar, is Russian, and now it's is German. <laughs> We've moved forward in time, yeah. Always is German or has a secret face under their face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and, and a man runs into a Norwegian church and he bumps into Walder Frey from Game of Thrones. He's everyone. And, yeah, and um, and they're like, they say like some intense things. They're like, they're coming, they're gonna come get it. And then the Nazis break in and they're looking for a thing. Mm-hmm. And this thing turns out to be the box from Thor, the little bo- glowy box thing. The Tesseract. That's the Tesseract, okay. Um, and it, but then he breaks it, the evil Nazi then breaks it. And then he go gets, gets another thing from the wall where the tree is. The, the same tree that Thor drew for Natalie the, the tree that has the nine realms. Yeah. So there's lots of Thor references. I was really lost. <laughs> so I was like, is this just connecting to Thor? I don't understand. Why, is he, why does he break the box? Why did he break it? Well, maybe what I kind of got was that that was a decoy and he stole the real one. Oh, I see. I might be wrong. That's just how I've always interpreted it. Maybe that is what happened then. And then he kills Walder Frey. Frey always dies. He's like a Sean Bean. And then we get introduced to uh, Chris Evans, Captain America, and he's all like thin and dweeby and stuff. And yeah. how'd they manage that? Was that, that must've been computer animated. You know, I've got a test for you later on like who played Skinny Steve Rogers, so. So they had a body double and they put his head on top. I'm not telling you anything, unless you want to do it now. We can ditch the quiz, but I can, hang on, let me get you. So what do you think they did? Uh, I think they had a body double and they computer generated his head onto a body. So they were going to do that. And then Chris Evans was like, no, because it's very crucial to my character's development. I don't want to share that part of the performance with another actor. They use this weird plastic surgery, digital plastic surgery thing where they shrink you. So they erased parts of his physique on screen. So they'd use um, 250 shots and they'd make him into skinny Steve. Mm-hmm where they'd take like, stuff out his jawline, shrink his skeleton, make his shoulders smaller. And then when they did interactions with other characters, it's a bit like Lord of the Rings, they'd have like marks on his face where they should be looking. Like his chin would be where his eyes were, so they had to look at that. Like they did a sort of Lord of the Rings optical illusion kind of thing sometimes. There was one, when he's standing in the line to um, sign up for the war, Yeah, he is very obviously like a step down from the others. Unless that's Chris Evans' real height, I'm not sure. No, no, no. They do elevated walkways or they have the other actors on Apple boxes. And I'm pretty certain when he's in the car with Hayley Atwell, she's sitting a bit further forward than him. So he's looking a little bit sort of thrown back in the car. Like yeah, a, it's a bit like The Hobbit. But they did use yeah. when he's like lying down or, um, you know, sitting, they would use a body double then. It was mainly about Chris wanting to be Steve all the time. It was kind of a clever little thing to... Um, start him off as really dweeby because you know that he's not going to stay like that he's going to bulk up at some point i know it's weird isn't it because the fact that it, the problem is he bulked up so much for the role before mm-hmm. and then they were like oh no we didn't think this through we needed him to be doing this filming before and he really really wants to join the army but he's too unhealthy he has like asthma and he's he's not attractive yeah. enough um and he's not muscular enough i've uh, got actually a list of his health issues if you're interested oh yeah go on him Asthma, scarlet fever, rheumatic fever, epilepsy, sinusitis, chronic or frequent colds, high blood pressure, palpitations or pounding in the heart, 
easy fatigability, heart trouble, nervous trouble, has had household contact with tuberculosis patients, has a parent or sibling of diabetes, cancer, stroke or other. So he's kind of ticked every box on that form that you had to fill in at the hospital. And he, uh, he keeps trying to join the army like he has a chance. I'm pretty certain there's, there's a very good reason for him not to do that. I know, he should just lie. Like, be like, no, I've, I've got none of these health issues. I'm just short. Yeah, <laughs> just a little cough. <laughs> Scarlet fever. He's like no. Tiny Tim. Yeah, he is Tiny Tim. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's a little frog. <laughs> God bless us, everyone. Tiny Tim is actually a very good Steve Rogers child. Yeah, it must have been the prototype, I feel, hmm. for early, early Captain America. But then yeah. my, my issue with it is... If he wants to, you know, fight for freedom of America so much, which is a good thing to fight for at, at this time, then why doesn't he do like a government job or join like the communications people or some, or be like a spy or something like that? Like he doesn't have to be in the front line. There were so many things he could do to help the war effort, but it has to be fighting. You know what it was like. Well, I mean, I don't. You don't personally know what it was like back then, but you know what it was like back then. People would be pinning white flowers to all the like men who dodged the front line. Like, it was a big thing, wasn't it, to be? But that was in the First World War. In the Second World War, there was like a multitude of things they could do. I don't think that happened quite as much. I think if you were doing something to help the war effort, then but maybe it's like all his friends were doing it. He wanted to be with his pals. Maybe you don't I... want to feel like you're doing cushy, like you know, office job while your friends are being mown down by Nazi machine guns. Mm, I just feel like there's a fair bit of toxic masculinity going on here. No, yeah, for sure. But that's just the era, isn't it? He's a product of his time. But anyway, he doesn't, he gets rejected again. Poor Steve. Poor Steve. Poor Steve. And, but then him and his friend go to the Stark Expo and they meet Howard Stark. Classic. You like him? He's Howard Stark and he's got inventions and shit. And it all looks immensely modern for the 1940s. He was um, ahead of his time, that guy. <laughs> he must have been. I also, I was working out, so, so Howard Stark is maybe like 30 at this point in 1940s. So he must have had Tony Stark at quite an advanced age. Because that means that he would have been born in like early 1910s, maybe late 1900s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, men can do that. Charlie Chaplin fathered a kid at like 90. They can, definitely. But it means if, if then Tony Stark is like late 30s by the time of Iron Man, that means I think I worked out that Howard Stark would have had to be like late 60s, early 70s. But he didn't look like that when you saw him with little Tony in the video clip in Iron Man 2. Maybe he just looks older than he is. Or he's just one of those people who always looks old. Like, no offence to people. But something like, look at Maggie Smith. She's always looked like Maggie Smith. This age. And Judy Dench was born at the age of 55. Exactly, yeah. So some people just look older than they are. And then he, um, he get, he get, he's at a doctor's and he's trying to like fake his way in somehow. But then Stanley Tucci comes to visit him. Yeah. Um, and uh, Stanley Tucci has like overheard one conversation between them and has been like, oh, this dweeby little guy really wants to join the army. He can join my experiments. <laughs> <laughs> But he's a good guy, so it's fine. <laughs> it's, it's a good kind of experiment. But Captain America sees nothing suspicious about this. No, because it's Stanley Tucci. I wouldn't suspect him of anything. He's such a nice man. He's very it, warm, you know? It just I just loved the kind of forceful sort of plot pointing here of like, Stanley Tucci hears a conversation. He goes, perfect specimen. 
<laughs> he knows what he wants and he likes what he knows. <laughs> so, and he goes, do you want to join this experiment? And Captain America's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, and he does it. Um, and meanwhile, we've got evil Nazi man who stole the box from the Norwegian church and his little minion played by Toby Jones. And they're doing evil technology things. They're a little bit like Dr. Frankenstein and Igor. They are a little bit, actually. Mm. I love um, Hugo Weaving was like, yeah, I would never reprise my character in these films. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame him. He's just like, absolutely not. No interest in that whatsoever. Was there, we've had a few people playing villains in the last few films where they've gone quite methody with it. I think you mentioned Jeff Bridges did, and, um, uh, or not a villain, but um, uh, Anthony Hopkins, like identify with the role of Odin. Was any, any of that with Hugo Weaving or did he just pantomime it up? I'm pretty sure he pantomimed it up. I don't think, like he, he hated all the, um, the makeup situation and mm. just wasn't a fan. He probably didn't think it was going to be the sort of role that would define his career. <laughs> I mean, he's playing Adolf Hitler's like mate, really, isn't he? Adolf Hitler's like good, good pal who organizes all the awful technology stuff. So he's not a great guy. No. Can you imagine if he said he related to his character? I don't know whether he like method acted it, and maybe he went to like um, Germany and went to lots of museums and like wore the outfit at home or and, or something like that. I'll research it for you while we're discussing this, but I do not believe that ever happened. Of all the method acting that we've encountered in, in this podcast so far, that would be the most fucked up. But yeah, they do evil technology things, so you're getting a sense that they've got a cunning plan, and that was about it from them, really. They're the most basic of villains. I bet you were missing the bloody cigars at this point. Yeah, and the Russianness. Yeah. Now it's just like campy Germans. <laughs> um, and then it, at the meanwhile, Captain America is in the army and he's struggling to keep up because he's not very physically fit. I don't, he's meant to be in there for this experiment, but they're still putting him through the ringer. But they do have a massive Mulan ripoff where he has to get the flag down and he manages oh, yeah. to do it through like thinking rather than just brawn. Um, <laughs> which again, that was, I was like, well, you're obviously clever, but not physically fit. So why don't you go? do some, something for the war effort that involves your mind. Because he wants to fight. <sighs> they all do, don't they? I know. It's a, very, it's a very American thing though, isn't it? As you said before, he is the one to jump on the grenade and that shows that he's like the hero of it. He's, trying to, he's thinking of others, whereas everyone else is just a big bullying macho soldier man. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're also introduced to Agent Carter, who I quite liked to begin with. Hayley Atwell's very good, isn't she? She's very good. She punches a sexist man because there has to be a sexist man to prove that she is actually good at her job. Yeah. <laughs> and there are always sexist men, so you have to include at least one. Yeah. <laughs> Just cut it down from all of them. Yeah, and, and Stanley Tucci then provides a bit of backstory and talks about how the evil Nazi guy is obsessed with occult, occult things. Um, and how, and he get, he's got some powers from them. Like, he's, like, really strong. And so therefore, they, I guess they need to make another strong person with powers on their side to defeat him. Well, is it, I thought he was the failed test subject. Oh, was that it? I, I, again, I was getting really lost here. <laughs> I like the old version of it. No, I'm sure they both had the same serum and, and he was the one with all the terrible side effects, aka Red Skull. Um, and that's see. why he has the red face. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I thought it was just an alien. You just thought that's what Nazis look like. They're all like that. (laughs) 
Yeah. Um, That's why it's so easy to track down all the old Nazis still living in America now. You just go and pull their skin off and they're like, oh, I'm evil. <laughs> oh, and this explains the next scene where Toby Jones or Igor comes in and there's the guy painting him, the evil Nazi, but the evil Nazi's all shrouded in shadow and you don't see his face. Oh, <laughs> I, I noted that down and didn't, it just didn't click when he eventually reveals his face. This is why you need me. And he's all like, the painter is looking like really terrified at the painting and at him and stuff, but you don't see it. So you get the sense that there's something, some kind of dark secret there. Can you imagine if you were the painter though, and you're like, show off my best side, you're like, ah! <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe look, turn around. Maybe look friendly and lovely, but also powerful and scary at the same time. <laughs> oh, he looks like Mr. Strong from the Mr. Men. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, again, it's just flipping between a bit of like, army times and a bit of evil nazi times really i was i was like this is really run-of-the-mill stuff um but then agent carter takes captain america to this fake antique shop um where the whole science facility is hidden underneath that and they have the bit these bits i really like where they they come in they're like wonderful weather this morning and the shopkeeper goes yes but i always carry an umbrella and they (laughs) say kind of coded sentences and i think i feel like we've lost that in the mists of time we need to bring that back I think that's really fun. Well, let's do it. When shall we? Well, when do we need to use these codes? We'll come up with our own code where we're like, "Did you watch EastEnders last night?" No, I was baking a pie. No, I was washing my reusable face mask. <laughs> <laughs> I was having myself painted <laughs> red. <laughs> but again, I was. It was. They just randomly take him there. He's like, "Where are you taking me?" She's like, "You'll see." And they take him down there and they show this huge contraption where he's going to get injected with serum and stuff. And they're like, hop on. He's like, okay. <laughs> but he hasn't questioned anything. He's just been like, yeah, all right. I guess he's young and naive, isn't he? Taking advantage of this young boy's dreams of being a war hero. Yeah, I guess so. But they don't, they don't make that a villainous thing. They, you'd think they maybe explore how maybe he gets a bit manipulated into it. He gets his, his sort of gung-ho heroism gets manipulated into doing something that could be very damaging to him. Um, and it could be about sort of governments using war to manipulate the young or the, the idealistic and stuff, like radicalization or something. But they don't do that. It's just, he just does it because he's the hero and he needs to. He needs to have the powers to drive the story forward. It'd be cool if someone did one of those supercuts actually on YouTube where it's like, oh, Captain America, the first Avenger, but this time, you know, Stanley Tucci is the bad guy. Definitely. Because he is quite bad. Who's Stanley Tucci? Well, like, in terms of, like, he fucked up Red Skull. Well, yeah. That, that you shouldn't true. really be using that serum again on someone else after that. You should Let's be like, try again. <laughs> well, next time, less red food colouring and more <laughs> strength and nobility. But yeah, he gets into the into the machine, and everyone's watching. And it basically it's basically a plastic surgery machine because it kind of turns him into this massive hulking Greek god with lots of strong powers. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Agent Carter has to do the thing that all strong women do and fall in love with him because he's a great big gorgeous hunk now. She liked him a little bit when he was when yeah, he was now, now she's actually going to like put, act on it. You know, women of her age, because I'm guessing she's, how old is she going to be in this, like 20-something? Yeah, I guess so. You know, it's very important to them that they date someone who's taller than them. And broader. If you talk to my sister, that seems to be the main quality on any man that she's looking for. She's like, taller than me, 
Yeah. Which, my friend Shona has the same thing in that they, they have to be taller than her when she wears heels. They, it's a bit, then she, it's just, it was just a bit shallow the way they wrote the character here in that she kind of likes him beforehand, but then when he becomes like really gorgeous, then she's like really, really likes him and feels, it gets quite possessive over him a bit later on, I think. She does, but maybe that's just like, she feels, I don't know. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of realistic in some sense. But then the action scene that happens just after that, this was wild. This came out of absolute nowhere. There's a guy who's watching the, uh, the experiment who, who blows up one of the rooms in there. Hadn't seen him before. It's Richard Armitage, isn't it? And um, hadn't seen him before. He just kind of turns up and then blows it up. And then, and then he kills Stanley Tucci and he steals the serum and runs off. He kills the old lady in the antique shop. Carter then kills his getaway driver. Um, and then Captain America then goes after him. And then, and then the, ba- the, the baddie, the Richard Armitage guy, they, he gets out the car and then grabs a small boy and holds a small boy in front of him so that Captain America doesn't attack him. And then he gets away in some kind of un- water vehicle that's come straight out of Thunderbirds. And then he, Captain America catches him and the serum smashes, but he takes a suicide pill and dies. And this all happened within about five minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean... It was insane. <laughs> it's a heart-pounding action sequence, some might say. I just find I, I would prefer it if he wasn't in like two small clothes that have been shrunk. Well, that he's grown out of. Mm. If he was in like normal clothes, I think I'd find it less weird. It's like a, a child that's outgrown his clothes, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bit hulky of him. But Hulk was clever. We talked about how he got baggy, stretchy pants. Well, Steve probably didn't know what's going to happen. He was just like, oh, I'm going to be a soldier. He didn't realize he's going to be like a hulking Adonis of a soldier. Either he's going to turn into a Greek god or he's going to turn red. <laughs> he's like, oh, I'll hedge my bets. Probably red. We've seen what happened. 50% chance for sure. I found out something about Hugo Weaving's prep for the role, if you're interested. Oh, yeah, yeah. So apparently he based his accent on a German filmmaker and an Austrian actor. Oh, which one? Uh, so Werner Herzog. Yeah, and Klaus Maria Brandau. Ah, I don't, I don't know the actor, but I've heard of um, Herzog. I think I might have seen some films. But I have looked up, like, how Hugo Weaving prepped for Captain America. I'm not getting anything. He just keeps saying things like, Marvel are impossible. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, he did so he, he did not enjoy his time with He Marvel. did not. He wasn't. It's was a bit like, a, what's his name? John Favreau didn't seem to enjoy the second Iron Man movie, did he? So... Ah, this, so we've then flashed to a scene with Hydra and now we get the backstory that the evil Nazi thinks he's basically better than Hitler and wants to take over. Like, he, he wants what Hitler wants, but he wants to do it and not Hitler. Yeah, which I guess was always a risk for Hitler, setting himself up as the Fuhrer like that. You're bound to have other people who want to but be the Fuhrer. This is the thing, what Hitler did was, and this is, this, I've read about this, is that in his administration, he would give, orders that would that would directly contradict other orders to different people and mm-hmm. he would basically um fuel antagonism and competition between the people in his cabinet and like all his sort of civil servants and stuff so that it, it was his way of kind of just keeping control because no one else knew exactly what was happening except him but that all kind of blew up in his face because the whole the his whole government was chaos basically but i i, I was impressed by the the evil nazi how many men he had in his this secret, and I say secret in inverted commas, organisation, I'm like, how do you manage to keep it a secret when you've got like 100,000 soldiers? <laughs> <laughs> They're all very, very good at whispering. They're <laughs> really good at whispering. <laughs> 
And then some, some other like Nazi soldiers have come to visit to see what he's up to. And he's all like, I'm better than you. I want to be Hitler. And he shoots them all with this very powerful gun that he's developed with the technology that he stole. But his, his little sidekick, Igor, is not happy about this. There's a little pause before he says, Heil Hitler. It's a, it's a bit like, maybe we're the bad guys. <laughs> yes, there was very much that, that Mitchell and Webb moment of, are we the bad guys? <laughs> Tiny skulls and you're just a red monster. <laughs> Meanwhile, Captain America's being turned into some sort of mascot um, for the war. Um, and he's not really liking it. This was quite good, this little section where he's dancing and he's doing all these shows and he's got like, a bit like the Ironette dancers, like lots of women in like skimpy outfits being like, we're off to war, we're off to war, la 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 la. And this was quite, um, uh, quite a good little statement about like blind patriotism and how warfare is sometimes marketed. A little. But don't you find it hilarious that they wasted all that serum on just like a mascot? They could have just put someone in a puffy suit. That's what I thought they were going to, he was going to like have the serum and then they'd be like, right, this is your mission. Yeah. Like a James Bond kind of thing. But he said, they, yeah, they turned him into a mascot. And then, then he turns up and all the, like, the, all the people back home really love him because he's the ultimate symbol of like America, America. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the soldiers don't like him. And I kind of understood why they don't like him because he's a pretty shy entertainment. Like he's really awkward. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, he's not actually doing any fighting. He's just been like, no war. Jolly good fun. And I, I was kind of waiting for him to be like, um, I'm really strong now. Like, why don't you just send me to Berlin? Drop me behind enemy lines. I could probably take out Hitler for you on my own yeah. right now. Exactly. But then he does get to do something very soon. So evil Nazi has managed to wipe out lots, lots of men in some battle and captured a whole load of others. So, and Captain America's like, I demand a rescue. And Tommy Lee Jones, who's the colonel, is like, no, for reasons I couldn't really work out. <laughs> um, so then um, uh, Agent Carter and Howard Stark help Captain America to go on his own because he's a hero. Yeah. And he's so heroic when he jumps out the plane, Agent Carter has to go a little bit doughy-eyed on him. I wish I was so brave. Yes, I, I wish I was male. Because <laughs> <laughs> then I could do this. As it is, I can just assist you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and he manages to get them out and this is this is where we had my favourite scene where Captain America meets the evil Nazi and the evil Nazi's like I'm going to take off my face now and he takes off this face mask (laughs) to reveal that he is in fact a red tomato head he literally I laughed so hard he looked like Lord Voldemort had gone on holiday and forgotten to take Factor 50 sun cream with him (laughs) oh my god he does he does look like that it just floored me. I was like, someone in makeup created this. I know, they, were, they spent ages on it too. I'm like, well, could you have made it maybe a bit scary rather than silly? Like, I could have probably done that just by throwing a paint of red. Yeah, and it, it was the fact that it was bright red. And yeah. Just completely painted on. I, I don't get why they didn't sort of deform his face and have it sort of very sort of bloody and gory and stuff, because then it's still red, and have more of this, and make it really grotesque and horrifying. Yeah. It would make you understand why the evil Nazi is so kind of driven and so mad, because he's, he's gone through this, but instead, I just, it just looked like he'd just been painted. Yeah, it did. I was like, paint yourself again then. <laughs> if you don't like the red, paint yourself a different colour. Foundation Joker did it in the bloody Batman movies. It's not hard. Literally, makeup existed in the 40s. Yeah, and it was actually a lot more heavy duty than nowadays because they didn't care about, you know, 
letting your skin breathe so you were yeah. fine scrap <laughs> yeah. that stuff on <laughs> putting acid on your face wasn't it the technology that went into that mask was peak chef's kiss <laughs> like, i know it was it was yeah this this was this was probably the worst villain so far that really worst of all the work just the design of him and the characterization it just was just all a bit badly thought out. Uh, no, they didn't think to add any kind of layers to it. It was just like, you turn me red and I am a Nazi. And that's it. <laughs> it was nothing else. <laughs> yeah, but it's Hugo Weaving. I mean, he's a pretty good actor. He is good, but you know, not here. I can see why he was maybe a bit discontent. <laughs> <laughs> and then he gets away. But uh, Captain America and his friend have to cross this fiery chasm. And I love how Captain America's like, you first. <laughs> yeah. I'm a symbol for the world. I can't die. <laughs> I know. He's, he's like, you can go over that one first. <laughs> and then uh, he, the men get out. He saves all the men that got captured. These, got, these men, this group of men, like, I feel like they were meant to be a bit sort of comic and fun and stuff. But they didn't get a lot, I didn't think. They got like, a, like one line each. And they couldn't I, I feel like maybe they had to cut a lot of stuff to make this fit. There's a lot going on. Each of them had like a little line, but it wasn't it wasn't anything spectacularly funny or endearing. It was just it would just establish them as the fun guys. But I like they, they obviously had thought it out to some extent because they had the kind of like the beefy one with the moustache. who's played by the guy from Desperate Housewives who kills Edie. <laughs> they had one that spoke French and they, yeah. had, they had an Asian one. And they had a black man as well. And that was, that was the extent of their diversity in this film. It's because they knew one day you would be sitting down to review everything looking for diversity. So they were like, look what we've done. We've nailed it. We need at least one, but only one. One is enough. And we won't give them any lines. A lot of them were based on comic book characters who became superheroes themselves. Right. Okay. So I feel like maybe they included a lot of them for like nods. And uh, yeah, I th- and they've done a lot of that so far. I just think there were so many of them that they could have made it a sort of motley crew that you really like. And you kind of got would get, understand why Captain America is so driven to be... It would make, it makes sense if he was driven to be a fighter, if all his mates, these are all his mates, and they're all really nice and fun and he wants to go with them. I, I mean, I actually sometimes think they should have maybe skipped all the skinny Steve stuff and just had him as the weird, like, oh, I'm here to do it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Or he was already, like, bulky but he had asthma or something, so he can't fight. Like, that, yeah. that, that would have still made sense. It doesn't matter how strong you are. If you've got asthma, you can't, you, at that time period, you wouldn't be able to run as much. Or, you know, you yeah. struggle with sort of the smoke and the gas and that sort of thing a lot more. But then we would have lost the Tiny Tim origin story. So. <laughs> we would have lost the God bless us, everyone moment. <laughs> uh, but he gets them, he says, right, we need a mission to go defeat the evil Nazi. Uh, 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 Was it Red Skull? Red yeah. Skull. How did you come up with that? I don't know. That's, I mean, he really thought about that name, didn't he? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, at least you hear him get called it twice. Twice <laughs> in the film. And like some of these where I have to tell you their names and you're like, when did that become their name? But then we had the scene that I really didn't like where I was just, I just thought Natalie Dormer was so wasted. As well. So oh, again, they have to have a second female character who's not as heroic as... The, the main female character and in fact they have to be at odds with each other and Natalie Dormers comes in she's all like sort of blonde and sultry so like hello Captain America I'm gonna snog you now and they snog each other mm-hmm. and then Hayley Atwell Agent Carter comes in and she looks really disapprovingly at it and I'm like why why would she be disapproving she has no claim on this guy 
and he's not expressed any particular feeling for her other than they've stared at each other a bit. And he's allowed to snog Natalie Dormer and she's allowed to snog him. And what they're doing is not stopping the mission from happening. I think, and, and he has, he is like, why are you so moody? And she goes, oh, you just don't understand women. And I'm like, you haven't communicated anything to him. You just, it was- I really wonder if it's maybe like a man wrote it, but he was trying to write it, like thinking, how did people court in those times? And people, <laughs> people were a bit different. They didn't really do like, oh, I like you. I fancy you. Let's have a snog. It was more like, oh, I, I like the way your mind works. And we'll, we'll build up a relationship of chat and banter for a while, you know, proper. I don't think they did. I think they just married the first male or female that they met because life was short back then. I'm not saying they did. I'm just saying if I were a man writing this and being like, how do women work? They don't communicate anything. Women are kind of closed off and they're kind of crazy of their emotions. And she's probably on a period right now. And, and there, was no, there was no reason to dislike Natalie Dormer. I was like, she seems like a perfectly eligible bachelorette quite for, for him, quite frankly. She seems fun. She see, she's obviously clever and works hard because she's in the army. So... You know, I don't really see why she's worse than Agent Carter or, or Agent Carter's better than her. I think, I think it was just a really badly written segment. And it really disappointed me because Agent Carter comes in with like gusto and punching and authority. And then it all gets taken away from her because she has to be in love with him. She does get a better, look, better go. She gets better stories and stuff later on. That's good. Because I like, I like Hayley Atwell as well. Yeah. As an, I think she's a very, very good actress. And I like Natalie Dormer as an actress too. So, you know, I want to see them play meaty roles but they don't go on the mission to defeat red skull immediately they go they go do war things and they're doing all this sort of wartime daring dude it's like a little montage of it but red skull's getting annoyed about it he's like grr this is gonna be a bit of a spanner in the works for me but i guess this is a good um excuse for them to kidnap um toby jones igor and interrogate him and get information about red skull's secret lair and what he's up to and stuff uh, Tommy Lee Jones says to him, what's his target? And he goes, his target is everywhere. And his delivery of that line it was the only bit where I was like, oh, that was, that was really well done. That's quite, woo. <laughs> oh, he's so evil. <laughs> I know, he's, he's really evil. Like, he's not just red and glowy, he's evil. <laughs> and then, yeah, this, this, they came up with this plan, and I say plan in inverted commas, to get into the, ba- the, uh, the evil Nazi's base. And they were sort of, they always have that moment of, well, we can't just come and knock on the front door. And then the hero's like, I think we can. And you mm-hmm. go, oh, there's a plan here. And basically the plan involves Captain America just going in first and getting kidnapped. But then the army comes in. And I, I was kind of like, I don't get why your plan, why this makes the arm easier for the army to get in. Like, why are you still just attack? I guess they're distracted because they're like, oh, we've got, we've got Captain America. Let's question him. He's not being questioned by all 100,000 men. All of them are there questioning (laughs) him. They're all pressed against the door, listening in. I don't know. I think it was just an excuse to get Captain America another single fight scene just for himself. I guess it's to demonstrate his powers and stuff. It's also just such a superhero move, though, isn't it? It's like, I am the most important one. I'm going to go first, show off a bit, and then everyone else comes in. Yeah. And it's a very successful attack. Um, and Captain America chases Red Skull onto his escape plane, 
he manages to snog Agent Carter in, in the melee. And I love, I love how, so the plan is to like send all these missiles to various cities and destroy them. I love how the missiles are labelled with the city. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you send them to the wrong place? It's embarrassing. I, I just love it. <laughs> like, they start to put it on one plane and one of them goes, nine, that's, that's fun. It's meant to go to Tokyo, not to New York, you idiots. And they go, oh no, oh my God. <laughs> nine, nine, nine. I think that's what you wanted probably throughout. A sense of humour. I think, yeah, and I think they could have, they could have injected way more humour into this. They could have like made reference to the fact that there are labels on these missiles, and they could, they could have given Captain America a bit more sort of sparkiness. He's so earnest and so sincere all the way through. I know, but I think that is they need to do that because when he goes into, well, I mean, well, it's not really a spoiler because everyone's bloody listening to this anyway. But you know, when he's in our time, right. he's meant to be like this sort of fish out of water character he's meant to be that sort of earnest hero so he wouldn't have that difference from tony who's obviously such a completely different kind of american he's a very now american like money this is what drives me this is what drives me technology but you need that contrast so i guess they have to set him up as that earnest noble tony stark is the sassy one yeah i get there could have been some other way to get some humor some sense of fun i guess yeah there must have been another way um, yeah, I do think that this is a very origin story origin. Like, you wouldn't re-watch this. This is just to be like, who is Captain America? And then when you watch the next Avengers film, you'd be like, I remember him from that terrible film with the Red Skull. Okay. <laughs> the guy with the red head. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah he fights Redhead um, in, in the plane. Um, and he wins. He kills a lot of other soldiers. This was another thing. This film was weirdly violent some in some points like in the previous thor film um, uh, marvel films um like people died but instead of like glamorous explosions and balls of light and things like that in this one you saw bullet holes in people one guy gets thrown into a propeller and just shredded completely yeah yeah pretty dark it's surprising surprisingly violent this one there were some moments where i went oh my goodness <laughs> And then he hits the blue glowy thing and this kills redheads. It's like an overload of tesseractiness, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then, but then he has to destroy the plane to save New York City. He has to crash the plane because the plane is like on autopilot. Um, and he's a hero. So that's what, exactly what he will do. Self-sacrifice um, for the win. I know, yeah. But I, I was a bit like, meh. Like, I don't, I don't really feel anything for you. You're too earnest. Um, <laughs> you so mean. <laughs> I know. You have no flaws. I don't care for you. <laughs> so that, that explains why. So he then crash lands in like the Antarctic. It's the ship at the beginning was is him. They found him inside there because uh, he wakes up in a recovery room, but it's all fake. So he breaks out of it and he's in New York in modern times. And Nick Fury appears and goes, I just wanted to break it to you slowly. That's why you were put in the fake recovery room. <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was really funny. I know, well they could have maybe thought about it a bit better. Like the fake recovery room would have been fine if they'd been there, like they'd sent someone in when he woke up rather than just let him listen to the yeah, game he's already like, been so, to. Like the woman who comes in and is pretending to be a, a World War II nurse or something, she could have come in in normal outfit and been like, right, don't freak out, but you're 79 years in the future now. <laughs> Yay, and I'll prove it, here's a friend. <laughs> We have more vaccinations. Yeah, no more scarlet fever for you. No more scarlet fever for you. We've got inhalers for your asthma. You could have been a soldier without all of that serum. Yeah. 
we've got lots of job opportunities, but there is a pandemic in about 10 years. So you might want to get ready for that one. <laughs> yeah, just make sure you've got a little nest egg you're sitting on. Otherwise, we'll yeah. really the job. The furlough yeah. won't last, guys. <laughs> and yeah, that's so Nick and Nick Fury's like, welcome to the future. You've been asleep for 79 years. So he literally was asleep in this thing. Well, he was frozen, you know. But he can't. So can Captain America not die? No, he can die, but I guess in the world of Marvel science, if you crash into the Antarctic Ocean, you just freeze. You just freeze. You, you just freeze and then you wake up in the future. <laughs> that doesn't kill you, you just, you just suspended animation. <laughs> yeah, he's just so healthy. He's so healthy. He's not a superhero, is he? He's just a super soldier. Um, yeah, and then I guess it's a, a lot for him to take in because he can't ever see Peggy, who he loves. Exactly, yeah. That's, so that's interesting how they're going to connect him back to his origins i guess i that's the thing this this ending was actually pretty good because it made me think oh where are they taking captain america now like he obviously will be in the avengers films but he's got his own film still in the future <laughs> so how is that gonna what what's his narrative going to be i know I hmm. so wait hang on where do you rank all your films so far then i would say this was at this is at the bottom yeah um, incredible hulk is a Quite, there's quite a big gap, I would say, in the rankings between this and Incredible Hulk. I would swap them just because the Incredible Hulk, like the action sequences were so far removed from me, I can understand them. Whereas this one, there was a human being in the mix and he's the most human. But keep going, you're, it's your list, you're the new You're one. entitled to your opinion. I know, and mine is obviously more correct because I've seen them all. <laughs> <laughs> but you keep going. I might change. So yeah, I'd say this, this at the bottom, Incredible Hulk, quite a fair bit up. I'd put probably Thor above Incredible Hulk and then the Iron Man films at the top in sort of equal measure. Probably Iron Man 2 I preferred more than the first Iron Man. But Iron Man is the, is the narrative that I'm enjoying the most because Tony Stark is the best character. Of the yeah, movie. which is why you're going to enjoy the other films more. Yeah. Like Avengers is a lot of fun. You're going to enjoy that. I, I am looking forward to seeing how they interact with each other. How is Thor going to relate to Tony Stark? How is Tony Stark going to relate to Captain America? Um, how is Mark Ruffalo going to marry me? Like, you know, all these important questions. So many questions. That one's my number one. But also, Captain America is good powers with uh, Tony's dad. So that's kind of weird. Oh, uh, yeah. Right. Oh, I didn't think of that. Yeah. In, an interweaving of storylines. Mm -hmm. It's almost like they planned it. An inter-Hugo weaving of storylines. What's your general thoughts on the film? Do you, do you like this one um well i guess because i've seen the others i have the joy of captain america's power captain hindsight he's a yeah, great, yeah. <laughs> he's a great guy um in that i kind of like how it sets up and i do think it does if because i do really like the indiana jones movies mm. it does do lots of little nods to those right. little indiana jones nods like the raiders of the lost ark but i don't think it's a it's not, it's not one that I would go back and watch. Like, there's certain Marvel films where I can be like, I really just really want to watch that one again. And I've never gone, never have I ever gone, I really want to watch Captain America First Avenger again. I, think, I can't remember if we discussed before, but um, Chris told me that they have like a formula they follow in terms of like some talking and then they have to have an action sequence every set point in the film to keep people's attention span. I see. Going, which you can kind of see. I do just think all the origins stories, I'm never really an origins fan because I just want people to be, uh, my least favorite books are the ones that just go through all the like, oh, and then they did this and then they did this and then they became this. And I'm like, oh, could you not just have started it from them being whatever it is? Because it's more interesting. Introduce the superhero. He's already a superhero. Um, and let's get on with the story. Yeah, because we all, we all know. We tell that. the origins in like little flashbacks or something. 
yeah, like that would be fine. But I guess some people prefer to go on the journey with them. Shall we do a little quiz? Oh yes, let me just fetch my notes. Quiz time. La 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 la. Dun dun dun. Okay, well you know this one already because I feel like you've said it. But how many years before your next film, The Avengers Assemble? How many years did this take place? It was 79 years. 70. 70. Oh, I was close. You were very close. Okay. And then what's Hugo Weaving's character name? Oh, oh, it was something really German. It was like Heinrich Schnitzel or something like that, wasn't it? No, so he's Schmidt. Schmidt, there we go. Which is like meant to be because he's Agent Smith in the Matrix movies. Uh, a little nod it's a little nod to that uh, and his name like Johan would be I guess his German version of John John Smith uh, Hi. <laughs> you loved it we've done this tiny skinny Steve already what persuaded Chris Evans to take the role because he declined it three times was it um, a bigger paycheck no it was <laughs> Robert Downey Jr Oh, it was really? Uh, yeah, they sent, sent RDJ in to talk to him and he was like, you know, you'll gain the freedom to sign on to any other role in the world. And So RDJ is the true superhero. They're like, we need this man. Go he's, get him. He's actually Nick Fury. <laughs> he goes <laughs> and recruits everyone. Yeah. Um, he didn't, just, uh, didn't decline it because he was like, oh, what a horrible role. It was more because he feared the effects of fame. Um, so he didn't have to audition for the role. Oh, oh. They just let him have it. But a, the per, one of the person, other people who was up for it was um, John Krasinski. And ironically, Emily Blunt turned down the role of Agent Carter. Fools. Fools they, they are. They could have met sooner. How nice would that have been for them? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, which role did Hayley Atwell improvise? Which scene, sorry, which scene did she improvise? Scene. Um, is it the scene where she punches the guy? No, no, it's, it's actually your least favourite scene where he emerges from the pod and she touches his chest. <laughs> oh, oh it, uh, improvised it. Yeah, she just did what she wanted to do, didn't she? <laughs> yes, yeah, she did. Apparently the surprise on her face was genuine. As she admitted in interview, she was very taken by his physique and nearly broke character and ruined the take. What, she nearly broke character and went, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> so what did you do? Did you nearly like, lick him? I mean, there's, there's, don't do it throw herself on him like a like a pouncing panther <laughs> yeah i mean i was i was reacted when i was re-watching it, i was like that is an interesting shot because they kind of do it slightly underneath and upwards into his uh, pectorals yeah. and abs it's a it's a good scene i mean normally women are kind of they probably smothered him in baby oil to like make the the muscles really defined as well what was the original title of captain america the first avenger captain america the red-headed tomato no again. But I love that. It was only very slightly different. The first Avenger, Captain America. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know why they changed it. They decided to. And it's worth noting that he actually isn't the first Avenger in the comics. Oh, who is the first Avenger? I get, well, that, would it be Thor? Because Thor's ancient. Yeah, so he's one of them. There's, there's Ant-Man, Wasp, Hulk, Iron Man and Thor were the first ones. And it was only when Hulk left that Captain America joined. Where did Hulk go? Did he go on like sabbatical or something? Well, he probably went and hulked off. You know what he's like. Hulked off. <laughs> <laughs> he's so angry all the time. Can you guess how much money it made in total when it was released? Ooh, I'm guessing by this point it's starting to make lots and lots of money. 700 million. Wow, that was a lot higher than it was. 
<laughs> You've ruined my review. It's 370.6 million. Oh, okay. That's a, I swear that's a lot less than Thor did. Might have been. Um, but it was the third highest grossing motion picture set during the World War II era. Saving Private Ryan, Pearl Harbor, and Captain America, the first Avenger. Oh. Yeah. Wait, and only one of those stars me as an extra, so that's the which, best one. Which one were you in? Saving Private Ryan. Were you? I'm a refugee child. <laughs> From what country? <laughs> I don't know. I just, that's what it said on my label that I wore in costume. <laughs> I remember being on that set because all the um, extras, we'd all eat in like the same bus and all the other actors who were extras were dead soldiers with like brains coming out of their heads and stuff. So you'd have to eat with them. It's horrible. Oh. What would you guess it got on Rotten Tomatoes? 67%. Oh, you went very low, didn't you? Oh, is it higher? Yeah. 80%. 80%? That's insane. I'd give it like 30% <laughs> personally. And on cinema score, people have given it an A minus, which is pretty good. They think it's pulpy, good action, lots of nice retro vibes, and good performances. No. Just no. Just no. And Just that's a no. That's, no. <laughs> Okay. Uh, uh, did you spot Stanley? Oh yeah, he was. Um, he was a, a like a, a general soldier, wasn't he? And he was at. There was it was a really random shoehorned in scene where he's get Captain America's being given a medal, but he doesn't turn up for it. So the guys at the podium like uh, Steve Rogers, and he doesn't come out. And then, um, and then Stanley says something like, "I thought he'd be shorter or taller or something like that." <laughs> yeah, that was him. But yeah. everyone thought it was weird because he didn't actually do any work on the comic. Oh, really? Well, so the comic's not his? So he, the, well, the first story he ever wrote was Captain America Foils the Traitor's Revenge. <laughs> I love that title. That's great. He, he did not create Captain America. Oh, okay. But I guess he was involved. So, I, I, you know, it's fair. Hmm. I think that's fair. And he also came up with the idea of Captain America throwing his shield. And that's a classic, isn't yeah. it? That, yeah, that is, that's, that's pretty iconic movement. Oh, and why did Stanley Tucci take the role of Dr. Erskine? So he can do a German accent. Literally, yes. That's why he did really? it. Really? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and Hayley Atwell. Okay. She based her performance on someone quite famous. Uh, as in a living person? A real person, but not alive anymore. Oh, um, I don't know. Tell me. Ginger Rogers. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah, she said she can do everything Captain America can do, but backwards and in high heels. Ginger Rogers um, was, would have been quite, uh, she was quite patriotic and uh, she was a dedicated Republican. Um, so she would probably would have been that sort of person to sort of be very pro-army and pro-America, pro-libertarian values and things like that. So it's a suitable person to choose, I feel. Yeah. Well, in the comics, she's American, is Peggy. Oh, really? Um... I don't know why they changed it to British, but I'm glad they did. Yeah, it makes us feel quite proud. Maybe because Hayley Atwell's a good actress. Yeah, maybe. I know um, Disney Plus are thinking of doing a, a, a TV show where it's like a, a, an alternative timeline where she becomes Captain Britain. Captain <laughs> Britain. <laughs> yeah, so that would be quite fun if they do it. Yeah, well, I guess the next one you have to watch is The Avengers. The Avengers. I'm excited. Oh. As I said, I'm excited about this one. Yeah, and what are you hoping to see in it? I'm hoping to see um, some really fun dialogue between all of them. Um, I'm hoping to see a few sort of surprises and hints about what comes even further into the future. Um, and yeah, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for banter, really. I like banter. 
Well, luckily for you, Joss Whedon is directing and he is known for his banter. So that's... He is known for his banter. And it's just called The Avengers. It's not Avengers Assemble, is it? It's The Avengers. I don't know why I've got it in my head. It's Avengers Assemble. Avengers Assemble is a bit corny as a title. Well, yeah, but they do do it. They do assemble. <laughs> they do. That's literally the whole purpose of the film. They assemble for the first time. Well, next time we will see what happens when they do assemble. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Peace out. You've been listening to an episode of The Marvel Virgin. If you'd like to join in the conversation, you can tweet us at The Marvel Virgin. We hope you enjoyed the show and that you'll tune in to the next fact-filled episode.